0: It's Mayor Thursday on The Andy Griffin Show. The mayor is here, ready to answer your questions and address your concerns. Exclusively on The Andy Griffin Show. Got a little curveball today for you. Yes, it's Mayor Thursday, but today is the 30th day of the month, which means that it's the fifth Thursday. And I, you know, I've had a lot of mayors on the program. Of course, most recently, Michelle Randall and Kenny Nielsen in St. George and Washington. I've never had a former mayor on. And today we're going to change all that as Dan MacArthur joins me. Hey, glad to be with you, Denny. This
1: is like kind of like old times. I was sitting in the same chair nearly. Yeah, Well, it might be the exact same term. I don't know. It's been it a while. feels a little
0: older. <laughs> uh, Dan uh, MacArthur was mayor from 1994 to 2014. Before that, he served... 10, 10 or 11 years on city council. 10 as well. years on the city council. So, mm-hmm. And before that, he was bishop at the age of 28. Yeah. So, holy smokes.
1: Well, th- they did give me uh, a calling from the, the mayor. It was Carl Brooks at the time. Mm-hmm. And he, he called and asked me to serve on the trans- first transportation committee that we ever had mm-hmm. in southern Utah, really. Probably the first one in the state. And that's why we've had so many good projects, you know, whether it's the northern corridor, or the southern corridor. You know, the problems, yeah. Bluff Street. It doesn't matter where you, where you look. But that's because of that. And I'll tell you one thing that's really interesting, just if you want to just jump right into it. No, let's do it, yeah. Uh, I was on the committee, and we were talking about how do we get around this place because all of our infrastructure, you know, is caused by all this topography. The Red Hill, the Black Hill, the East Ridge, it doesn't matter. We've got this topography and uh, steep sale hillsides, we can't just go over them anywhere or do anything. And so they're saying, well, what do we do? D- d- nothing's too ridiculous. <laughs> and I said, well, okay, then let's build a, r- let's take St. George Boulevard through the Black Hill and come out over on the other side. Now there was nothing over there, you know, mm-hmm. Shadow Mountain and nothing of that stuff over there. There was nothing. There was some cattle yards by Akin family right. and others and a coal yard on the north end, but nothing else. And uh, Indian Hills Drive went around there, but there was nothing on there. Slaughterhouse down there and, you know, fields and everything. <laughs> wow. And and they said, well, that's ridiculous. That's going to cost us a lot of money. That'll cost us $3 million. And I said, well, well, so what? You said nothing. Nothing's too ridiculous. Yeah, that's what they said. Well, why don't we put it through there and let them? let's go north and south, you too, you know, and it will be a unique city with a tunnel through this hill, and we can <laughs> put a walkway by it. Never happened because didn't of happen. the cost, but, boy, now it might have been pretty good.
0: I was going to say now, looking back, hmm, not, not a bad idea.
1: Yeah, but we did a, a lot of planning and other things, you know. We exactly mm-hmm. look at the airport way back then, and, you know, there's so much water under the bridge, you know. We can talk about scoring on the hill and where it is and what had been planned about it because the city was part of that originally, Buck Flowers mm-hmm. Project up there. There wasn't—the road didn't go, uh, you know. When I was married—I was married in 1970— Okay. I have a, a picture on my wall at my shop that I found upstairs, and there was a little rip in it. My boy fixed it and put it on a board. If anybody wants to come look at it, it's really interesting because it was the early 70s. Uh, the freeway was, was gone to come through the city. It wasn't paved. It didn't have any overpasses, anything. It had the connection to St. George Boulevard. It had all those kind of things, but St. George ended at 7th South. There was nothing south of 7th South right. and nothing east of uh, uh, actually 7th East. You know, there was there, there was a college gymnasium and some homes out there that I could talk about the young folks' homes and other things. And, but that was it. And uh, now look at it today, and you see all those things. Uh, you know, because there was this, the city population was only about six, seven 8,000 people.
0: I'm, I'm reaching in my. I, I'm wearing deep pocket pants. Yeah, yeah I'm, ever have those deep pocket oh, pants? You yeah. can't reach things. Yeah. Anyway, and uh, we do take. This probably never happened with you before. We take text calls. Uh, te- oh, do you? Yeah, on, I didn't on have text back People in those days. In, but, uh, it's it's fun to have Dan MacArthur in. Uh, I I I don't I don't think you remember this, but uh, gosh, it's been uh, maybe 15 years ago. There was a mayor's walk, uh-huh. and you <laughs> you and I stood together and walked. Yeah, and you're like, now who are you? And I said, well, I do a lot of sports. And he's like, oh yeah, I think I've heard you do high school and college games. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, yeah, that's me. And 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 I'm like, now who are you? I knew you were mayor, but that, but that was about it. And then we we probably walked 15 minutes and they had a nice little conversation together.
1: We do. I, I enjoyed that mayor's walk. You know, I was in I was in many of them for over 20 years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I couldn't go do the marathon. My wife admired the marathon runners so much, you yeah. know, that I said, I'm gonna I gotta run the marathon. Well, I didn't do it all the time. I did the mayor's walk because it was a mini marathon for the kids, yeah. and uh, it was a great thing that Bart Anderson set up. He was the first one to set that in motion. I walked as a city councilman, but as mayor for 20 years, I walked every every mayor's walk. You know, every marathon, I stood and welcomed the people across the finish line and thanked them for participating. Because St. George is great, that's why Ironman's so successful here. That's why the marathon is successful and fills up so quickly because our people not only volunteer but they go out and cheer for the crowd and they help along the way i mean yeah. i'm i'm helping this year you know hand out medals uh, before that i handed out all the, the, the you know they'd announced the winners of each race and at the, after the race and i was able to hand them their award all of them and thank them for coming and participating one,
0: uh, one of the, one of the things i inherited dan was uh, kdxu goes live oh, on yeah. the morning of the marathon about, about a three-hour broadcast we're just right there at the finish, yep. line, finish line we have people out in the field following the runners uh we do interviews in fact i'm going to invite you if you want to come by the the kdxu booth on uh on saturday morning before you start handing out medals and uh-huh. just come say hi and talk about the history of the marathon i oh, yeah. would love to have you
1: we'd love to do it i you know mike McGarry. i'd hear other people up there i'd never been to the starting line because i was always yeah in the mayor's walk yeah. but let me tell you at the end of all that time, after twenty years, uh, and I was not the mayor i says i 'm going to go do the mayor's walk this year uh, because i uh, but i i couldn 't do it on the day I did the mayor 's walk, and I went just a couple of days afterwards, and I knew about where the finish line was, and I had g p s then too yeah and i and, and so I took up and I put two pints of water, one at the bottom of the vale hill you know and and one down um well, yeah, it was, you know, where it starts to drop off down by, my dad used to call it the twist, but it's where you come over before you drop right into St. George. And I put those, not nearly enough water, but I started at one o'clock in the morning. I didn't tell anybody. I just went up and started and the pitch
0: black at night. pitch
1: huh? black at night and walked. And I, cause I asked Kent Perkins, who was the leisure service director and over the, all of those things. I said, Kent, how do you get one of those medals? And he says, well, you got to finish the mayor, the, the marathon. Uh, he says, you've got to finish it in six hours back then. If you don't finish it in six hours, you don't get a medal. Yeah, yeah, hmm. I said, so if I finish it in six hours, finish it, you, I'll get a medal. And he said, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. So anyway, I went up and started it, and I come down, and I started getting cramps as I come down off the hill here into yeah. town because uh, I, I didn't have enough water. But my wife had found out about it, so she had my daughter who loves to – she had run into a couple of marathons. She'd come up and walked the last four miles with me. Wow. And I, walked a, I went across the finish line, and they had a chair there. There was somebody to put a medal around my neck from the nice. city. There was only about six or eight. What,
0: or, time of, what time of morning is it? And by morning? the time, it was about 7 o'clock it's in the morning. the morning. It wow. was
1: three minutes. I had three minutes to spare. So it took me five <laughs> hours and 57 minutes to finish the, the mayor's walk. But I got my, I got my medal, and uh, that's the last marathon I'll do.
0: That that is a a great story as we lead into Marathon Weekend. <laughs> uh, I I I'll tell you it my kind of my marathon story. Uh, in the early part of my uh, life here in St. George, I was a sports editor at the Spectrum. Oh yeah, and one of our duties was to cover blanket coverage of the marathon. Sure, and, and so uh, I was I was really excited because I think it was my first one, maybe my second one, but I was really excited to cover the marathon. And uh, of course, the first ones through are all the pros. They're the ones that you know that that are fighting for money oh, yeah. and whatever else and. Uh, the very first guy across the finish line uh, this year, I was covering the marathon. His, uh, his, the front of his pants was, was covered in blood. I don't know. Oh my goodness. And, and and so, uh, you know, being a reporter, I have to ask him what's going on. Why are you all bloody? And he said, well, uh, At the start of the race, it's kind of a madhouse. There's hundreds of people. And he said, I tripped, and I got got stampeded. stampeded. I got stomped on. I got trampled. Sure, you would. And he said, it split open a a part of uh, my male anatomy. Oh, my goodness. He says, I've been bleeding for the last two and a half hours. And he said, but I was bound and determined to not let that Uh, affect me and he ended up he either won the race or he was in the top three because he got got one of the three medals and uh, I determined at that moment as inspired as I was to run a marathon it just wasn't worth it (laughs)
1: well it me too but i was like i say it was it was one two about two thirty in the morning a big hay truck come from enterprise and blew me off the road into the dirt and i got up and rolled over and skinned myself up a little bit you know but i was careful after that to stay on the side of the road pretty good he probably didn't see you at all no it was blacker than pitch but Uh, not much traffic either you know but that was quite an experience and and, you know, I love the mayor's the mayor's walk because I'd go around with the people and say, oh, what a beautiful morning. Yeah, oh, what we'll, a beautiful morning. We'll, we'll and we'd sing then. that. Yeah, we'd mm-hmm. sing it over and over and over, you know. And now, uh, and, and, and during my mayorship, I sang, are you from Dixie? And I still do, but I changed a couple of the words, you know, because we don't yeah. grow cotton here anymore. No. Do you want me to sing it for you? absolutely okay absolutely all right let's let's go sing it with me if you would because well, I, I, I don't
0: know all the words well so. you
1: it's easy and it's fun and it's positive just like dixie is positive right. it's you know right. it's inclusive and everything else it says are you from dixie, dixie. I, I said, said from dixie. dixie where the rays of sunshine beckon to me all i'm right. glad to see you to say how be ya, and the friends we're longing to see if you're from santa clara washington or saint george fine anywhere below the iron county line then you're from dixie hurrah for from dixie because I'm, I'm from dixie, dixie too. too that's I good hey, you did good andy but that's what it, it what it's all about mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. has two verses you know the, i didn't know there was yeah, a second verse. yeah it's the same as the first it's just louder <laughs> so, so anyway okay. that dixie song is is uh, a great thing and and one time i had some people from cedar city saying hey, are you making fun of us up here and i said no You guys get your own song. This is just about Dixie and St. George because it's really the only thing that ties all of our cities together because they're all, whether you're Hurricane, Leverican, Virgin, it doesn't matter where you are, Gunlock, you're from Dixie. Dixie,
0: yeah. Yep. I, I, uh, I remember when I first came to southern Utah, I, I was exiled to Idaho out of college, and I was riding up in northern Idaho, and I couldn't wait to get back to Utah. I, I could not stand. And first of all, the clouds came in in October, and they didn't leave till April, <laughs> and I needed, the, I needed the sunshine. Sure. Uh, and, and so I got offered a job uh, with the, the Spectrum, the local newspaper, at, at first to work out of Cedar City. And I remember uh, getting the new job, and I was getting oriented and stuff, and they said, we've decided to call Southern Utah Color Country. And I said, well, why Color Country? And said, well, th- we wanted something that included St. George, Dixie area, and Cedar it City. Does. So we're, we're going to call it Color Country. And I thought, why do they need a name that includes all? It, d- it didn't make much sense to me. And as I got to know, of course, Iron County a little bit. And then after nine months, we moved to St. Sure. George, and and I got to know Dixie. A lot better i realized that i understand what they were trying to do it was mostly about sales you know they were trying sure. to get people to buy ads in
1: both places but uh, dixie is dixie it is dixie and we're part of color country because you know the seven the five or six counties here in southern utah mm-hmm. we are color country i mean you you look at it. i uh we did some work for a fellow not very long ago in fact he came in our shop uh we, we have a welding shop and he he came in to have some work done on a trailer but this this fellow was from Paradise. You know where Paradise, California is? Burned up, remember? A few yeah, years yeah, I ago. remember that. Yeah. I was actually in, in um, you know, in Mexico and serving a mission when it burned up, but it burnt completely up. And he he came up here, and the story is, he told my son when we went out to measure a gate on a new house he had just bought over in Washington, up against the desert, tortoise habitat. Okay. And he said, uh, you know, can I say a swear word on the, on the radio? As it's, long as it's not
0: one of the big bad ones. I
1: don't think it's a big bad one. Okay. But We'll see. Maybe you're going to get mad and you get bleep. But anyway, he... Or fired. He yeah. said, <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't, because I asked permission. You said, it's not, it's not a bad one. But anyway, he, 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 was, uh, he told my son, he says, I live down in paradise, burned up, and I didn't know where to go. I'm retired now, burned up two of my kids' house, too. Wow. And he showed him pictures of his motorcycle. just a big puddle of aluminum on the ground, oh, and his gosh. car's burned up, his house all gone, just a slab. And anyway, he, he went up to, they said, let's go up and look in uh, Oregon, Washington. He went up, didn't like it. So he went down to Phoenix. Somebody said, go down to the Phoenix area, Arizona, you'll like that. He got down, I don't like this either, you know. Mm-hmm. He says, but I, I know Las Vegas, I don't really care to live there, but maybe we will. Let's go look at Las Vegas. So he says he went up to Las Vegas, and he saw the I-15, you know, the Veterans High, Memorial Highway, they call it. Mm-hmm. And he said, I've never been up this road. Let's go up there a ways. We got some time. Let's go up there. Because he'd never been up here. And when he come through the gorge down here, down by, you know, where Sun River is, and he looked, he said, and he told me this the other day, because I hadn't talked to him when my boy was measuring this, and he says, "Uh, look, he says, look at that. It's so beautiful. It's so grand. Do you hear the angels singing? This is the place. This is where it's got to be. And he went out, and he says, we went out and got a real estate agent that day and started looking, but we couldn't find anything. So I left him my card, and says, "Call me when you find these things that we want in the home." And a few weeks later, or sometime after that, a short time, he called him. He came up, went over, and bought the house. And and he called us to do the, this railing. And he says, uh, "I was told, you know, uh, my friends, when you ch- you're going to Utah." He says, you don't want to go up there. It's all Mormons. They'll try to baptize you. They're going to, you know, really do it. He says, you don't want to go to Utah. He says, hey, it's beautiful up there. The streets are clean. I haven't seen any graffiti. And he says, I haven't met a son of a bitch yet. (laughs) And I, you know, and so when he came into the shop the other day, I said, what about it? Have you you met one yet? And he says, nope, I still haven't met one. And I love it here, you know. (laughs) He says, this is great. My neighbors are fine. Many of them are second homes. But he says, it's just beautiful and it's peaceful. I'd never go back to California. Yeah. And yesterday, a fellow in there, my shop, I was doing some things. He says, I'm not going back there. And then that person walked up behind me that was, it was, he says, I'm not, I, I moved out of there quite a while. I'm not going back. He says, it was nice when I was younger, but now it's not. It's not the place you want to be. Yeah. So, you know, we've created here, whether the city councils and others, a great place that people want to be. It's friendly. It's not we have prejudices, everybody does, and things, you know, but we don't, we don't do that. I say, if you want to come to St. George, or you want to come to Washington County, but St. George, this area, check your prejudices and your hates at the door, because we don't have them. That's not what we're about. That's not even right. why we were settled. Brigham Young called this there. My great-grandfather was an original settler in 1861, and in his journal, he said, Land. He says, I was called the Land. You yeah. know, and, and in St. George. And I'm, I sold all these stuff up in northern Utah and came down here and stayed. And so my grandpa was born here. My dad was born here. I'm here. My 22 grandchildren are all here and my six children and their spouses are all here. It started out with just me. How, now, look how big it is. I've got 40 or 50 people. I'm part of that growth that people are saying, yeah. but I want them around me here.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, sadly, I have five kids. Four of them live in northern Utah now, and I would dearly love to get them back. But, sure. Uh, the way the, the market is oh. right now, uh, my one son said, Dad, there's one thing keeping me from coming back to St. George. I said, what's that? He said, money. Money. He yep. said, it, he said I, can't, I can make more up here and yep. pay less for a house. Down there, I'm going to have to take a twenty grand a year hit, yep. and I won't be able to buy a house. I'll and, have to live in an apartment.
1: And that's true, and that's hard for my ch- children, too. It's been very difficult. But uh, they found them, and we found some. You know, started out, and and they're all doing well. Struggling, obviously, some of them, but that is the case. And uh, you know, I tell my people that we've hired welders. You can make more anywhere else than right here, but to be competitive, we'll pay you as good or better than you're paid for for the same type of business here. But it's going to be less than you'd make somewhere else.
0: Yeah, if you're in and they said, hey,
1: yeah, but it's I I love it, and Mm -hmm. uh, my workers do, and we love them
0: and sometimes it's about how bad do you want it. You, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like uh, I, I mean, I got lucky. I got here early enough. I, I'm not a native like you, but I've been here since 1992. Oh, you're a Dixieite. 93. I've been here a long time. 30, but you do,
1: you got to learn the 30s. song. I,
0: I do. Well, yeah, and you cut, you change
1: words on me, so I... Well, just and, only wear the rays of sunshine. Yeah, you say wear the fills uh, of cotton. Right. Rowan De Fury wrote that at, at D- <laughs> Dixie State, and it was Dixie... It was... Uh, Dixie College, Junior College, when we were there. And I met my wife there. She was from northern Utah in Granger, Mm -hmm. and uh, she was a Lancer from Granger and came down on a scholarship that was interesting because um, her dad, her other two sisters, one was 12 years older than her, and the other was 22 years older than her, so she's like an only child. The others got married in high school or close to it. Anyway, she came down here, and in the first first little while, uh, you know, she, 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 went, I, I seen her, she seen me, we talked a little bit, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I asked her out February the 4th, 1970 was, I remember the day that oh, we had me. our first date. <laughs> My dad loved her and she, she just looked like a, you know, she was a kid. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, we got there and I asked her to marry me and, uh, we went on the phone and talked to her dad and her dad. And she says, dad, Danny asked me to marry him. And I said, yes. And there was silence on the phone. Uh, oh because he wanted a graduate you know and she says um and she said dad dad are you happy he says i'm happy if you're happy <laughs> <laughs> he was not happy but he grew into you know we get, grew great things and and uh she went the the thing i say about my wife because she's a wonderful wonderful person if anybody's perfect in my family she's it but she went uh she said uh her, her dad Oh, that's my phone ringing. Yeah, that's okay. uh, I'm gonna put message. Uh, I, I've learned how to do this. So I'll call you later. Okay, perfect. <laughs> anyway, uh, she uh, uh, started went out of school. She had one year of, of college. Mm-hmm. I wanted to graduate. Her dad did, but he loved the grandkids and things. We had we had four kids in less than five years. <laughs> Oh, and didn't and it was really time, tough. I don't you? know how yeah. people do that anymore, but <laughs> wonderful kids. And uh, so she stayed at home and welcomed to wash to school. She did all kinds of stuff, just amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, after the last one went to, to school, she went back to college. Right. And she went with her ki- two oldest kids. She went to college. I was the mayor, and I sat on the stand at graduation and I was able to hand them all three their diplomas that year for wow. graduating because wow. she graduated. Even though her dad had passed away, she was fulfilling his wish to graduate from uh, the college. And uh, so my hat was off to her, and she's just been nothing but an amazing person ever since. And her name is Bunny. Bunny, Yeah. What a, what a great name. Then they named her, this last granddaughter that was born a couple of months ago, n- named her Savannah Bunny. So so one of them has Bunny, you know, it's not Thumper or something, it's Bunny. <laughs> that is so awesome. We're talking with
0: Dan MacArthur, former mayor on Mayor Thursday. Dan was mayor for 20 years here in St. George. Now, I've got to get a break here in a second, sure. but I wanted to ask you about something. John Pike told me a story uh, a couple of years ago, he said, Dan MacArthur actually is the one that told me to run for mayor, and then I ended up beating him. Is that true?
1: <laughs> I think somewhat true. I met him down on when the flooding was 2005, the Santa Clara flooded. Sure. we lost 23 homes. Yeah. Uh, he was down there. He was a bishop in his uh, area living down there in Bloomington, and uh, he, he was kind of in charge of sandbagging. And that's where I met him was sandbagging, and uh, he was an amazing person working with the people you saw them love him he was working hard and everything and I may have said that I can't remember everything I say
0: <laughs> yeah so uh d- do you i don't know we look at what's happening now obviously we've gone from agriculture being the number one business to for the last 20 years now it's been construction as the number one business uh in in saint george in washington county uh and that's because we're just growing and growing and growing and now with covid and everybody wanting to get out of california and other place oregon uh salt lake they're coming here even even more so uh do you look at it and go,
1: we got to stop this, or we got to slow this down, or we got to change something? Well, I think the natural market will do it. The trouble is, is is really the people, like you're saying, your your son and others that can't afford to live here. You know, I've had them live in my basement. I've had every member of my family move back in with me for a while. And uh, it's just very, very, very difficult in that respect. But I think the market will. Now, people talk about water, and I served on the Washington Water Conservancy Board for many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, mayors are. there's Mayors of all the communities are pretty well on there now. Right, uh, But uh, Lake Powell is, is um, you know, if, even if Lake Powell wasn't there, water can come out of the river. The portion, the 84,000, 85,000 acre feet of water that the state has, we're the only ones that can really use it. And... Uh, And it needs to be used. It's one that we decided, the state, you know, Mike Levitt and all the other governors and others, and the legislature says, no, we're not going to lease that water because if you lease it, it's like owning it. You know, you might get money for it, but you never get it back because they've depended on it for growth. And if it ever went to court, they'd end up with it. You know, the same as our trail systems. You know, once they're in and the roads, they're there. So uh, anyway, there, there's a lot to talk about those kind of things, and I'd like to maybe mention all the things, a lot of the things that have happened that I've been involved with. That I drive around and I look, and I, I'm, I'm proud of, of of our community and what yeah. it is.
0: Let's do that. Let's uh, let's get a commercial break in. When we come back, we'll talk about some of those things. Uh, we're with Dan MacArthur today, a former mayor on Mayor Thursday. Dan, thanks for coming in. Hold on, we'll uh, we'll be back in just a minute.
2: It's Mayor Thursday
0: on the Andy Griffin Show. The Mayor is here, ready to answer your questions and address your concerns, exclusively on The Andy Griffin Show. Welcome back, Andy, with Dan. we It could be the Andy and Dan show for a while, the Dan
1: MacArthur. Another is 15 here. minutes or so, maybe, or 10, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah,
0: Dan's got to take off. He's got an appointment here in a little while, but we got a few more minutes with him. Uh, you were talking about some of the things that have happened in St. George that, that you're proud of, that were, were things that weren't really much when you started as mayor, but have become some pretty big things. What, what are some well, of those things? Well, let
1: me tell you first, the people that, that caused it, there, there's a lot of people. You know, there's about 500 employees in the city, and uh, when you get others, there's about a 1,000. At that time, mm-hmm. I thought 100, 100 police officers, but we we worked with it, and um, you went through a couple of police chiefs and several attorneys, you know. But but we was able to do the bike patrol first, so they had that, and that. this is the first one that we ever had down here. And now you see bike patrol. Yeah, we had um, you know re- redoing Saint George Boulevard was a big thing because the businesses staying open. Bluff Street, the planning of Bluff Street. Of course, it wasn't finished till now. The All Abilities Park, the Recreation Bond that created a park within a half mile radius of everybody, passed by the general public eighty-two percent to eighteen percent.
0: And as a point of reference, uh, one of those bonds, if it passes at all, it's going to be like fifty-one
1: percent. Maybe, something. yeah. So to,
0: to be up to eighty-two is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, it was a phenomenal thing. Uh, you know, we did we did it. We we talked about people. We created a Quality of Life Committee. But I want to get back to the people. You know, the people I had and. And my shout has to go off to, like, Bobby Walcott, uh, you know, Rod Orton, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, 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 oh, now I'm going to forget names, you know, but uh, I know all of them. Uh, Gail Bunker, uh, Suzanne Allen, uh, Gloria Shakespeare. Uh, did I say Larry Gardner? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, those those people were amazing. And probably the best counsel I've ever worked with was, was there was five or six that I, I can say, we, we decided to do the airport. Twenty years of my life was on the airport uh, getting it and, and moving it from up here. I remember now announcing it, holding up a regional jet, a SkyWest. SkyWest stayed here in St. George, and they could move. They moved their maintenance from out of here. Yeah. And they moved to uh, Salt Lake and other places, but they kept their corporate headquarters here. What a blessing it is for the Akin family and others that, that did that and made the largest what, commuter airline in the world, actually, yeah. headquartered right here in St. George, and we had to have an, an airport that would handle that. So we built one to handle 737s. We, that's what we thought would be flying besides the regional jets. So we built it that way, and the engineers said we could uh, do it, and they could have, uh, I can't remember, 100-something landings a year. But, you know, we had the problems that in the, the blue clay blue or whatever clay, yeah. it is out there, and they had to dig a lot of that up, but... But we did it based on that, and I even had a great big tanker, a huge 7, I don't know what they call them, but a big tanker parked on the on the tarmac over there because we poured right in front of the, the terminal building. We poured thick enough that we could actually hold a seven seven 747 there if we wanted. Yeah. Couldn't land on the runway because it wasn't wide enough, really, but, but we had <laughs> some big airplanes out there to show people, yeah, this we're building this for the future, and we can extend it to 11,000. Right now it's only 9,000, but... But at an additional cost, we could go to 11,000 feet. It's the largest, longest runway and the largest one in southern Utah. So that was a big thing for me. Uh, The southern corridor, you know, the airport was going to be before that, but we got sued, remember, by somebody. I won't say who, but it cost us several million dollars afterwards where they studied 60,000 square miles around here to say what the noise was because in that time, the noise studies were done by every organization, whether it was the Army, Air Force, Navy. It didn't matter. You know, Park Service started at zero noise and then added the rustle of leaves, the hunt birds and the bees, yeah. and, and then added it up. The others started at ambient, you know, the present noise and how much would it affect in so many years. It come out less than 3%. And uh, we had the first money and then we had to hold that money up for two or three years. And it cost the airport really to go from $60 million to $160 million in those two or three years. And some people speculated on land, and people made a lot of money on on those things. But we had 150 acres out there, and we had to purchase some more to make the present airport. But it's a great thing. It's a great location. We didn't have anything south of of St. George. And now we got all those homes and other things there. The Northern Corridor, we had put that on long before on our transportation plan way back when. And uh, it was on our plan. And Congress and others said, take that off. There's the there's a the habitat conservation. There's the desert tortoise. No. They, they called and asked me, even from Congress, take that off your plan. I said, no, we're not going to. We're planning for the future, and that's all we've got. So we've got to keep it on there. They've got to accommodate it. And recently, it was approved. It's not built, but, you know. Uh, we're getting Red, there. Yeah, Red Hills Parkway. It was not connected over to U18. Right. Uh, but. Ralph MacArthur was in charge of, uh, in the county, he come one day and says, I can connect Skyline Drive, which was, went up Main Street and went on the Red Hills Parkway by the, by the Sugarloaf, or the Dixie Rock, they call it. Yeah. And he says, I can rough that in for about $15,000. So he roughed wow. it in with a cat, and now look at it, it's a four-lane road, and it's busy all the time. But yes, if we yeah. didn't have that, think of what our other places and our roads and streets would be around here. It's just just um, amazing the things that we have, and the parks within a half-a-mile radius of everybody. The 45-plus miles of trail, I started out with four, you know, just four miles. went from the Dixie Center down to the Bloomington Park, Absolutely. and then we started from there with a recreation bond and built it. Oh, and I have to mention Gary Esplin. Gary was the city manager. He had been the longest-serving city manager. I think he served for 45 years. Yeah. Most of the time, they're only two or three years before they move on or change but Gary was amazing working with the council. Him and I sat down one day when I got there because we used to push each other around the basketball court when I was a young man, <laughs> and he fouled a lot. I can say that here now. Yeah, but oh, yeah. No, no we, we argued quite a bit, heck. and I sat down, and, and we said, uh, you know, you, if we can get along, he says, I'll, 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 re- I'll resign if we can't, you know, because I know we've argued a lot. he became become a very close friend. We met regularly about what we could do. For instance, like the recreation bond. Come back, the council set aside 12 million dollars to do all the things was going to do. Gary and I sat down, and we said, "No, we, we can't do the class act that St. George needs to be and would be. We've got to move it to 18. So we moved it to 18 million that'd be spent in 20 years, which added about thirty dollars for every hundred thousand dollars valuation for property owner on their, on their tax, and then it would sunset. And we went and did that, and with grants and everything, we ended up spending about $24 million to build all those 45 miles trail, the, the covered swimming pool. Uh, well, it goes on and on, you know, whether yeah. it's a softball yeah. complex. But what a, what a great thing it's been. It's a great r- thing for me. Um, when, the city, when I was elected in the city council, it was 13,000 people. When I was elected mayor, it was 29,000. And when I ended as mayor after 20 years, it was nearly 85,000.
0: And now we're pushing 100. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. it's
1: it's the growth is there. It's great. It's a great place, and Dixie is where I want to be. I bought my cemetery plots already. Awesome, and uh, you Ho- know I love it. Hopefully, you don't need them any anytime soon. No, but, no, um, I'm, I've got a long time left.
0: Hey, uh, he's got to leave in about a minute. Seth, you got one minute to to uh, talk to Mayor Dan.
2: Yes, I was going to ask the mayor if he remembers meeting me in his welding business.
1: Probably Seth. I remember that name, but you have to tell me what was what was talking about because I've got a good forgetter.
2: <laughs> you and me both. I, recognize your, your voice, I recognize your voice,
1: though. I recognize your voice.
2: Yeah, I was a special inspector on your jobs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and, and I have. I'm proud to say I never had to uh, red tag you and shut you down. <laughs> well, thank you.
1: That was nice, and uh, we we appreciate it. the inspectors were important to us.
2: Well, they are, and uh, but I was always a pleasure to work with the mayor, and I just wanted to say my wife and I decided to travel through southern Utah, visit all the parks, and we drove through the gorge, and I said to my, my wife, I've never seen anything so beautiful in my life, if we ever get a chance, we're going to live in St. George.
1: <laughs> you feel, you feel that, that what I used to say. There's only two types of people, those that live in St. George and those that are going to. Yeah, love it. All right, uh,
0: got to let Mayor go. He has an appointment in 14 minutes. Mayor Dan MacArthur, thanks so much for coming on today. It's great to talk to you.
1: Thank you. It's great to talk to you and all, all you people. Have a great day here in Dixie.
0: It is at 9:46 on KDXU. Let's sit, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, kind of reset. I gotta let Dan go. He's gonna sneak out the side door. Thank you, Dan, for coming in. Again, uh, let me mention Joe Sony. Joe Sony is a loan consultant. His specialty is customer service, and Joe has been involved in the in uh, the loan business for well almost as long as when Dan was married, twenty five years. He's been a loan officer here in Southern Utah. Give him a call today. Great reviews online, nearly perfect score in five hundred and sixty six reviews. His phone number is four three five five nine zero sixty three hundred. And I'm told I have to say he is NMLS number one two one zero four one.
1: Are you good at what you do? Let everyone know by becoming
2: AG approved on KDXU. Text Andy today at
0: 435-467-5842. Welcome back. It is 949. Got some open lines here for the last eight or nine minutes of the program. If you want to be a part of the show, give me a call. 673-5890. Or you can text me, 435 467 5842. Either way, I'd love to hear from you today. A couple of things I wanted to talk about, but uh, let's go with what you want to talk about first. Hey, thanks for calling into the program. What's up?
2: How much, Andy? Is that me? Yep, that's you. Okay. Uh, so I was just wondering, I thought uh, Mayor Randall said that she was going to be on this either last week or this week what what happened there
0: she was supposed to be on i i really can't talk about it she has some uh, health problems that she had to take care of and so she actually called me the day before the show and said i i can't it's this is not going to work for me uh can i come on uh, you know in the next week or two and uh yeah she and she's in salt lake right now so but she will be on the show this coming thursday
2: okay just uh, a week from today I'm glad to know that she's not just avoiding.
0: <laughs> no, no, she's not. She she had some uh, some painful uh, painful health situation. She had to take care of, and and I don't blame her. Okay. So okay, all right. Hey, thanks. Yep, thanks for calling today. 9:50 on KDXU. Uh, real quick plug for Saturday morning. I'm going to be live on the air Saturday morning. Uh, I'm going to be at the finish line of the Saint George Marathon. Uh, the the program's interest. So I've only done this one time. Uh, I did it two years ago. We, if you recall, didn't have the race last year because of COVID and everything. But uh, two years ago, uh, and it was a cool experience, it, both literally and figuratively. It was kind of cool outside on that or early on that uh, Saturday morning. But uh, they have a little kind of podium set up for me with the table, and I set up my equipment, and I'm live on the air, and I uh, basically uh, I interview. Just people. I I interview people and get them to come and and talk to me about the marathon. I have some statistics and things. We also are going to have two reporters out in the field. Uh, One of them, Jacob, is going to be uh, taking part in the mini marathon, which is just a a fancy word for half marathon that they've got going on right now, Uh, actually on Saturday morning. The, The half marathon is going to start before the full marathon. Uh, So Jacob will be giving us some reports from the half marathon. And then uh, Andy Thompson will be driving around in the ESPN truck. Uh, He's kind of the pace car guy for the uh, for the race so Andy Thompson will be on as uh, the uh, full marathon gets going uh, I'll be uh, taking live reports from him we'll also hear from Michelle Randall we'll hear from Kyle Whitehead we'll hear from Dan MacArthur uh, and a whole list about this. Kevin Lewis is going to join me we'll get uh, all the people not all the people a lot of people involved with the St. George Marathon live on the air with me Saturday morning uh, we're going to start uh, a little before seven, right around seven in the morning, and we'll be there until the first group of runners, male and female, come across the finish line. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be a fun event. Like I said, I I kind of inherited the job, but uh, uh, Mike McGarry did it for years. I remember, Mike was Mike hosted this show and was uh, hosted the marathon coverage for thirty plus years. Here in southern Utah, so I'm humbled that I uh, uh, have the opportunity to take over for Mike. He is serving an LDS mission right now with his his wife, but I'm humbled to to take over and have the opportunity to talk marathon on uh, Saturday morning. And uh, if uh, if you see me, say hi. If you uh, have a chance, maybe you don't want to fight the crowds, want to stay home, but flick on the radio and, and listen to our coverage. We'll talk about. All things marathon on Saturday morning again, starting around seven ish in in the a.m. Uh, let's see, nine fifty three right now. Uh, I found this. Uh, I got this email from Wallet Hub. They're they're the ones that do all those. Uh, it's a weird name, Wallet Hub. I'm not sure actually what they're selling, to be quite honest. But I, they give me information for free, which makes them uh, aces in my book. Uh, they send me uh, about once a week. I get an email from Wallet Hub, and they've done some kind of survey, and and they're pretty good. They're you know, it's not Gallup. It's not an official survey, but they do surveys on things like uh, where does Utah rank in certain categories, uh, uh, economic development. They, there was a story last week. Uh, uh, that I put together on uh, from Wallet Hub that had Utah as number one in the U.S. in unemployment rate and number four in the U.S. in uh, economic recovery from COVID 19. Thought it was a fascinating story. Uh, got some numbers to back it up. They'd surveyed you know thousands of people and they had taken all these indexes of numbers, uh, employment rate, and things like that. Uh, and so you 'll hear occasionally here on KDXU a story that 's based on numbers that Wallet Hub gives us, and uh they're, they' they're they 're vetted they they do their work they are not lazy, these people do their work, and so I, I really like I like to use them as a source uh, That being said, uh, just got a uh, a note from them that has Utah as the ninth most educated state in the United States. And uh, I got to thinking about that. First of all, a, a couple of things came out that surprised me before we get to Utah. They said that one in three people, first of all, 90% of Americans have a high school diploma, which if thinking about it, you know, I mean, my grandpa maybe left. I think he left school in fifth grade or seventh grade or something and worked, but you know, he's, he's been dead for 15, 20 years. I don't know. 15 years, I guess. Uh, the generation of of those that you know that didn't complete their schooling is is, is kind of dying off uh, my dad is 86 but he you know he he was in the generation where you stayed in school unless you actually had like a real family emergency and had to work Uh, He got a high school degree. My dad is very well educated. He got an undergraduate and postgraduate degrees and things like that. Uh, It was uh, uh, stressed upon me early on that I I should be educated. I should not. Uh, just you know, drop out of school, or not just limp through high school, but uh, you know, I was to excel and to look forward to a, a college education. That that was always important in in my family. But uh, I'm a little surprised at that number—ninety percent of Americans have a high school diploma. I really thought that it would be like ninety-seven percent or something, or ninety-eight. I didn't think. I don't know. I personally don't know anybody. That doesn't have, at the very least, a GED equivalency of a high school degree, which counts as being a high school degree. Uh, But then the other number surprised me a little bit, too. One-third, one out of every three Americans have a bachelor's degree, not an associate. We're talking about a full four-year bachelor's degree. One out of three Americans have a bachelor's degree. How do you feel about that number? I was thinking about that one in three. Wow, so... Uh, that includes people who never wanted to go to college, but did go to a trade school. And that includes, uh, I have buddies that got a job right out of high school. I got one friend, he got a job right out of high school. He still works for that same company. He makes twice as much as I do, maybe three times as much as I do. And never, never took a lick of college, not one day. But, you know what? He he didn't have to. He stayed with a company, he worked his way up. He was, you know, he was just a grunt and then he was a, a shift manager and then he was a, a manager of a department and then he was, you know, to the to the point now where he's a manager of a whole it's a big company. I don't want to say who it is, but it's a big company and he's a manager of a whole wing, a whole section of this company and makes a lot of money and like I said, he never did a day of college. Uh so I, I'm not one of those that's going to say you have to go to college. I have Let's see, my three sons, uh, two have college degrees. The third one has, uh, he went to a tech school, a couple of different tech schools uh, for auto mechanics and for diesel uh, driving. And he makes more money than my two sons who have college degrees. He makes more money than I do by a long shot. So I'm not one of those people that says you have to go to college and get your degree to be a well-rounded person. I I never have believed that. But uh, for Utah to be ranked ninth out of 50 states is... You can say, well, that's cum laude. They're in the top to 10%, or not 10%, top 20%. That's not bad, but that really surprises me because knowing the culture of Utah and the culture of let's get a degree, let's get educated, and let's work hard, uh, I, yeah, I'm a little bit surprised. Utah, ninth. Listen to the states that are ahead of Utah in education score. Massachusetts is number one. That's Harvard, of course. Uh, Maryland? Number two, Vermont, three, Connecticut, four. Colorado comes in as the fifth most educated state in the United States. That includes college degrees, but other, other factors, uh, high-level uh, college, uh, necessary jobs, things like that. Colorado, number five. Virginia, six. New Hampshire, seven. So you got um, uh, New England, You know, Massachusetts, Vermont, Connecticut, New Hampshire covered. Minnesota comes in number eight. So those are the states that are more educated than the state of Utah. And, you know, I I can almost see New England. You know, got a lot of New Yorkers with a lot of money who live there. Uh, uh, But Colorado, Minnesota, Virginia, ahead of Utah. Mm. I've never gone up to a Minnesotan and said, hey, you're smart. (laughs) I don't know. I, I just never felt that way. I'm sure that there's a reason for that. A lot of smart people, but it's not Minnesota Institute of Technology. It's Massachusetts Institute of Technology. California, I think, by sheer numbers, even though they have Silicon Valley and and are you know have, have some really smart people there, I think California, because of sheer numbers, just doesn't doesn't make it into the top ten list. But uh, I feel like Utah is number one when it comes to education. Uh, but then again, I guess uh, we got our own, our own version of rednecks here and there in the state of Utah. Back with Open Line Friday tomorrow. We'll talk to you then.